0: A revolution is happening in the commercial space industry. In the past seven years, we've seen dozens of startup companies raise funding and begin deploying constellations of satellites into low Earth orbit. Space, which used to be a domain only accessible by superpower nations, is now becoming a new platform for innovation from the best and brightest in Silicon Valley and around the world. Welcome to the IQT podcast. Today, we kick off a three part series where we will explore the history of space and how IQT's investments and insights have helped advise and shape the technology to help enhance national security. On today's episode, we'll focus on IQT's origin story in the history of space. I'm your host, Vishal Sandesera, and joining me today are Dave Labosco and Tom Gillespie. Dave leads a team responsible for identifying and executing investments across a wide range of technologies, including space technology, autonomous vehicles, robotics, advanced manufacturing, and power and energy. Prior to joining IQT in 2014, Dave was a senior principal engineer at Orbital Sciences Corporation. At Orbital, Dave worked on small satellite development and demonstration programs for national security applications. Dave received a BS and MS in aeronautics and astronautics from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Tom serves as a managing partner in InQtel's investment team and as an investment lead for InQtel's field technologies practice, where he is responsible for identifying technologies that address challenges faced by the intelligence community. Dave and Tom, welcome to the show. Great to have you.
1: Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle.
0: Good to be here. Tom, why don't we start with you? You and I have had this conversation uh, in years prior. You've been around since sort of the very beginning when in started to look into space as uh, a potential for investment and and further research and insight. Why, you know, and and you were, of course, part and parcel to to this, you and your colleagues. Why is it that in started to look at this uh, domain in the first place when it did? So, you know, certainly why and and when I think are important dimensions to sort of uncover. Uh,
2: And and what are the opportunities that we sort of saw at that time? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's a really interesting story and it's one that we haven't been really able to tell in, in full detail. But um, we started uh, really looking seriously at the sector back in about 2014. Um, prior to that, we'd done a few space-related investments. Um, they were sort of opportunistic. Uh, they weren't really part of an overall strategy. What we saw was happening in, I'd say, kind of late 2013, early 2014, was um, the venture capital market was starting to pay attention to this as a sector not a ton of investors but we started to see some really interesting investments along the way there um and that plus you know the small set revolution so you know um, what you can do with satellites how much they cost how easy it was to get them to space all of that was changing and so um that together allowed us to get into some deals that we thought were, were pretty interesting for our customers and um and made a lot of sense to, to start looking at the sector So those are the origins at that point. Um, What we really started doing was um, scanning the whole sector at that that point in time. So it wasn't that big. Um, It was probably 50 or 60 companies. We went and talked to almost every one of them at the time. Um, We went and talked to all the active investors in space, which, again, was not that long a list. And we started engaging customers about what we saw was happening in the commercial sector and trying to start getting them up to speed and interested in at least following it. Um, so that's kind of how we got started. Uh, and I'll turn it back over to you. But, uh, the, the origin story uh, really begins in that sort of late 2013, early 2014
0: timeline. And open question to either uh, either Dave or Tom. What is it that you sort of noted in the early days? What were the good old days like? I mean, you know, speaking from a perspective of someone who's Really started focusing in on this in the present. I myself have uh, been privy to all the stories of sort of billionaire space race, uh, the evolution and advancement of space tourism, sort of the consumerization, I guess. You know, is, is where I, my my interests lie, only because of my exposure. But what was it like uh, in, in the time frames that you're all talking about, and during the origin times and thereafter? What were the things that were of interest? What were people talking about? Where was the money flowing? Uh, and what is that? You know, our our, our customers cared about the most.
1: Sure. I can jump here in here. you know, at, at that point we were looking at CubeSats as a big trend. Um, even in your intro, Vishal, you talked about how previously the domain of space was uh, superpowers, large nation states to get into space. But in the early 2000s, there were it was mostly at universities, uh, hobbyists looking, could you build a CubeSat the size of a loaf of bread, launch it into space, prove that it could send a, a little beep back down to earth that it that it made it into space. But around that time, in that 2013, 2014 time, there were actually companies forming using that CubeSat, SmallSat technology and actually building businesses around them rather than just being a hobby. So we took note of that and um, started looking at it pretty seriously to see if, one, could these businesses become real and, um, and make money, and two, could our uh, partners in the uh, U.S. government take advantage of that technology to purchase that data coming from those satellites to help uh, augment their capabilities for their national security mission.
0: And you, you mentioned CubeSats and small SmallSats. I assume those are maybe synonymous or, or, or perhaps exactly the same thing. Could you, for our, on behalf of myself and our listeners, could you explain what a CubeSat is and how it might be different uh, than some of the satellites that we've perhaps heard about anecdotally in the news and, and just by way of, you know, science class?
1: Sure, yeah. So a CubeSat uh, actually has a, a definition. A 1U CubeSat is 10 centimeters cubed in a size. So you could fit it, you know, kind of in your hands, hold it in the palm of your hand. Uh, there's also different sizes, 1U, 2U, 3U, 3U being more like the size of a loaf of bread or a bottle of wine. Um, very very small, whereas traditional satellites you know, from the 70s, 80s, 90s were the size of a school bus. Um, so much smaller, you know, m- much more modest capabilities, uh, but that's the idea of a CubeSat. A small set we sort of think about as being a little bit bigger, more like the size of a two-drawer file cabinet. Um, you can fit a little bit more in there. You can actually fit a telescope in there if you want to do an earth imaging mission uh with decent resolution, um somewhere in between that CubeSat and the really big traditional satellite.
0: And what is it that drives the miniaturization of, of satellites in the first place? Uh I you know, I, I will very analogously and naively suggest that perhaps technology is advanced, things get smaller, cheaper, faster, better. Uh is it the same answer there? And if if, if not, what, what else what else happened that made these small yeah. steps become more popular or even you know, available?
1: Yeah, a lot of it is sort of the, uh, the byproduct of all the investment that went into uh, mobile phone technologies. So the, the higher power processors that are more power efficient, um, the better battery technologies that you can have you know, more juice in a, in a small battery that lasts longer um, and the communications technology. So it's really everything um, that's sort of been driven by the computer industry, the, the uh, mobile phone industry that allowed these uh, these folks to build these smaller satellites.
0: I see. And Tom, as we think about the historical uh, involvement that has that had by way of investments, uh, technologies and capabilities that we're most interested in, um, what, what were some of the, the most important uh, aspects related to this industry that we, we, we as IQT focused on when it came to uh, looking out at this, at this domain on behalf of our, our national security partners?
2: Yeah, so, so picking up on Dave's points, um, you know, when you've got these small satellites that are much, much cheaper and easier to, to get to space, um, it changes the, the paradigm what you can do with, with satellites. So one of the interesting things you can do is put a lot of them up cheaply and you know get better coverage of what's happening around the globe. So um, your temporal resolution, so how, how fast you can cover things that are happening around the world. You know, that changes if you have a lot of different sensors up there. Um, so we start looking pretty seriously at a bunch of different types of small sat constellations, um, optical, uh, synthetic aperture radar, uh, RF, um, you know all of these different areas um, we were seeing multiple companies kind of springing up that looked at leveraging small sets to, to use those modalities and, and do different types of sensing um, in order to get those up there we looked at you know even back then the large number of, of small sat launch vehicles that we we're starting to see so you know launch is part of the story um, early on we we um, we made I should mention we made an investment in rocket lab uh, Met them in 2014, closed a deal with them in early 2015, I think, and they've been certainly a leader in that in that sector. So, launch is a key part of the story as well. And I think the third part of it was um, remote sensing analytics. So we started to look at, you know, once you have all all this data coming off these sensors, how do you um, really make that useful uh, for the government or for commercial markets? And so we did uh, uh, we did investments in companies like Orbital Insight. That work with remote sensing data to uh, to bring answers to um, interesting business questions. Tom,
0: you mentioned uh, Rocket Lab and Orbital Insight. It uh, might be a good time for us to talk a little bit more about some of the early investments that Incutel made that that we're, uh, we're, we're we're sort of most proud of. Um, can you talk, in both of you perhaps, talk a little bit about some of the early investments, how those investments may have uh, helped shape or influence those companies, but more so. Uh, help shape and uh, change the perspectives on some of the customers or partners that we made those investments on behalf of
1: yeah so, so um, a little more on sort of the investment history as, as Tom mentioned, you know we've been a very active investor um, going back to 2013 even earlier um, and some of these these uh, these deals have been been announced that we can talk about rocket lab of course being a key enabler with low cost uh, small launch vehicle. Um, But we've also looked at some other enabling technologies in addition to launch uh, around communications. Um, So antenna technologies, both on the ground and the space side, um, different steering techniques, electronically steerable, mechanically steerable, uh, higher bandwidth, lower bandwidth to provide that connectivity so that once the satellites are in orbit, how do you get the data back down and disseminate it to the people that need them? Um, In terms of the satellites on orbit, the constellations, certainly we've looked at all the different modalities, imaging, Uh, Synthetic Aperture Radar, RF sensing, communications. A couple interesting ones to mention are two uh, deals we did in Synthetic Aperture Radar, um, both domestically and internationally. Um, So investments in uh, Capella space here in the U.S. and ISI based in Finland. Um, One of the things we really um, take to heart is that the U.S. doesn't have a monopoly on innovation. We want to make sure we're um, supporting domestic tech technologies as best we can, but we also wanna realize that there's there's really good tech coming from uh, different places around the world that uh, our partners in the, the U.S. government should be able to take advantage of. So that's one of the areas we've done that is looking for the, the best coming out of uh, any any sector, um, uh, any part of the world that uh, we can work with um, in, in leveraging that tech for, for our partners in the U.S. government.
2: So one of the things I think I should mention too, is that after we did that initial survey of, of companies back in 2014, one of the things we did was put together a framework for investment. So um, the the deals that Dave and I have been talking about were not done in a vacuum. It really was kind of a a, um, systematic strategic look at, you know, what was in the market, um, what was most relevant to our government customers, and how do we think about the things that we wanna do in the commercial sector to to address those needs. Um, And so it really was a strategy we put together from early on, Uh, and and that framework that we created back then has morphed over the course of time and it still exists in a much more detailed fashion, but that was really how we started coming at it back, even back then. It, along
0: the lines of the, of the framework and, and sort of the way the framework may have looked back, back then, Tom, did you get the sense that Incutel was uh, early on uh, in, in, in comparison to say other venture money or other venture investors in looking in this in this domain in the way that we did? Uh, and, or did you get the sense that we were sort of syndicate in- investors with along with others?
2: Who was sort of leading the charge from your perspective at this time? Yep. Um, so, as you know, our, our model really requires us to co-invest. And so we're always on the lookout for, um, you know, for co-investors we like that you know, we think are um, on the leading edge and doing good deals. So uh, some of those in this sector have included uh, smart Ventures, RRE, RRE Ventures, um, Lux, uh, Coastal Ventures, just to name a few of them. Um, and so, Getting in with with really good partners is, it really allowed us to you know, find the good deals, make them successful, and, and I think that was really key.
0: Did you ever get did either of you ever get the sense uh, from anybody else at the time, you, y'all are crazy? What are you? Why are you looking into this space? <laughs> were there any uh, antibodies that you dealt with? Were some of the common sort of uh, I don't know uh, negative uh, negative comments you might have even endured when you were when you were sort of forging this path for Incyte?
2: So, so I'll, I'll go first. I'm sure Dave has a long list. too. But, uh. Um yes, all over the place. So, you know, on the investment side, people are looking at this going, you know, this will never make money. I don't know what you guys are doing. Um so you know, there were a few people that were interested in investing, but there are a lot of people that were like, I'm not I'm not gonna touch a space deal. I don't see how or when this is gonna make money. Uh, on the government customer side, I think you know, we've gone through a cycle maybe um fifteen years before where it looked like the commercial market was starting to build and then it just kind of fell apart. And I think there are a lot of people within the government who looked at this and said, you know, same story all over again. I'm not going to get engaged. So, you know, that's changed in the years since then. But early on, I think there are large portions of the government that really didn't think we needed to pay too much attention to the sector.
1: Yeah. And and I think just to go back to the the CubeSat uh, idea earlier, you know, a lot of folks thought that that was just a hobby, you know, toys people were playing with and didn't realize that uh, the technology had matured enough that you could collect really meaningful data, even from these, these cube sets or small Sats.
0: Did you get the sense that, uh, perhaps, uh, if, if the money came other investors would fall, maybe some of the antibody comments would, would, uh, would subside. Uh, and if so, when, and, and how did you get, you get a sense that this industry is making money, we should, we, we made the right bets. We should double down. Did, did that time ever come? Or do you think it'll come, you know, especially vis-a-vis like the, the specs
2: that we're seeing in, 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 in this space as well. We, we could do a whole podcast on SPACs um, so uh, um Yeah, it's been interesting. One, one of the trends of this, this sector in general is that really until the last year or so, there haven't been that many financial exits. There've been a few and they've been relatively modest. Um, and then the SPACs, you know, the SPAC trend really started probably late um, late 2020, really in, in earnest. I know there were a few before that, but you know, as, the, as that started getting rolling, I think that, that created exits and then behind that, uh, create a lot of private rounds that got done because of the anticipation that these things could eventually, you know, go go out get us spac. So that's really changed kind of the perception of you know whether or not you're going to get a return in this market. As you see these things go out, get big valuations, that's brought tons of investors into the market. Um, I think some of them will come in and out pretty quickly, but um, you know, I like to say like five six years ago, you could put all the space investors in basically one small room, and we all knew each other. And, uh, and that's not true now, it's, you know, people from all directions coming to the sector. As a strategic
0: investor, uh, IQT is primarily motivated by mission impact that, you know, what is it that we can invest in that actually makes an impact for our national security partners? How can we bring to bear technology and capabilities that, that help mission? Could either of you talk a little bit about this concept of the equity-only investment and how that lends itself well to, to sort of that kind of an outcome? Again, not being primarily financially motivated, of course, secondary or tertiarily concerned, uh, but really the equity investment is being a tool to sort of deliver value to our government partners. Uh, any thoughts there on how that that is an appropriate vehicle or an appropriate choice?
1: yeah so, so some thoughts and definitely uh, I know Tom will have some additional ideas to offer. This is a, a tool that we've used really well in space investing you know a lot of these companies were very uh, early stage and we started to get to know them. Uh, it wasn't clear how long it would take the technology to mature It wasn't clear how long it would take our partners in government to um, get comfortable with the idea of leveraging this commercial technology. So we, in, in most cases with these investments, we started with a very small equity only investment uh, affords us uh, a board observer, seat. So its relationship with the, the company, uh, but we kind of uh, help, build that relationship, um, give them some advice of of where they should go, and track their progress. Um, As they mature, and many of these have, we follow that up with one of our more traditional investments. We call it a work program, where there's um, some funding to adapt or enhance the technology in some way to make it a little bit more applicable to a government use case, but it's also very squarely on their commercial roadmap, so they see the benefit from the commercial side. so yeah, so that, that equity only is a good stepping stone to, to track progress, get them a little further along, and then we can follow it up with our more traditional model, which is now is providing impact uh, for our partners in government.
2: Yeah, I'd say of the 25 or so um, portfolio companies that we have in the space are a really high percentage of those started with equity only deals. Um, and, and I think that's very helpful for us. I was gonna refer back to um, one interesting case study is, is Rocket Lab where you know, I mentioned the timeline in that one. We 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 started that with an equity only deal, and we literally couldn't do a, a larger deal, um, a development focused deal, until later on because they had to sign a treaty between the New, New Zealand government and the United States government in order for us to be able to fully engage and talk to them about the, de- the details of their technology. So, in the meantime, though, we were we were already in that deal for at least a year and a half, and you know, kind of exposed uh, the company to, to our government customers and got dialogue going and that was just really helpful to, to be able to do that even though we couldn't come in you know couldn't jump in with both feet until that treaty got signed yep you, we mentioned a few uh, of our portfolio companies
0: i'd like to quickly dedicate a little bit of a shout out to some of the more notable ones uh in, in the space uh think common 2008 dssp 2011 rocky lab 2015 we mentioned that one orbital insight dave very familiar to you of course 2015. Uh ICI in 2016 and Capella Space and Cape Analytics 2017 were some of our, our early investments uh, in, in the space, pun intended. And I want to stress that, that and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, both of you, but that we were actually early investors in, in many of these. We, we were sort of early money in, and that gave us sort of a, a comp- strategic advantage, I, I'd say, uh, on behalf of how we were able to bring to bear the capabilities that these companies offered and technologies that they offered to to our government partners. Uh Tom, and Dave, I think I believe in 2016, you all convened uh, a group of space investors. Um, tell us a little bit about how that was Were there a lot of people not, not a lot of people? How did that compare to sort of the early days when Tom, when you were first sort of starting out dealing with a bunch of people telling you you're a crazy person? <laughs> uh, what did things look like in 2016? When uh, everyone sort of gathered a- after after a few years uh, of, yeah. of trying out the
2: thesis? Yeah, again, that, that was still relatively early. So it was not a um, it, it was everyone, frankly, that I knew pretty much that was in a deal with us uh, that was in the space sector. Um, and we were in a lot of the deals, uh, but it was still only probably 20 people or so. And we had, you know, really interesting dialogue around where we thought the market was going, um, how this is a venture play, and how we saw kind of things uh, playing out along the way. But, you know, core group of really good investors, but not a long list. Um, and so, as, as we talked about earlier, that, that clearly has changed quite a bit. Um, I will say that, you know, those are all people that we're still very much in touch with. Um, and so that core group still is out there, still pushing uh, pushing deals in the sector, and really kind of underpinning what's happening. Um, and if I could just riff for a second here, I think that was one of the one of the nice things about um, when we got involved and how we got involved in the sector uh, was the people we're dealing with, not just internally at In-K-Tall, as we kind of create the strategy, but but externally with, with folks like that. It's a really you know entrepreneurial group of investors, I guess. Um, uh passionate about the sector realistic though about the, the business um and they've been great partners along the way
0: let's switch gears for a moment uh and talk in addition to investments Intel has dedicated quite a few resources by way of uh, of research uh, and also you know producing quality data sets and things to help support the uh, the nascent industry at the time uh Let's let's talk specifically about uh, the commercial space market survey. This is a this is a 2014 framework and, and sort of landscape research that market landscape research that that was conducted um, that that sort of influenced not only the thesis around the investments, but also helped us better align our internal resources. at think you uh, to conduct far reaching and, and sort of more uh, forward leaning research on behalf of our partners. Any comments uh, or, or, or highlights from that that you'd like to talk about?
2: Yeah, that, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but that was really what got us started. We, we saw what was happening in the market. And we said we better go out and systematically, you know, take a look at this, and so we did. And that was really in the form of that survey. Um, and I should mention my colleagues on that survey that included uh, Ryan Lewis, Todd Stavish, and Devin Brand. Uh, all of all the four of us worked together on that survey and, um, you know, talked to a lot of companies and a lot of people in general, and created that initial piece of what we were doing next, uh, and created that the initial framework. Um, we were a little bit scared when a few months later, uh, an actual aerospace engineer showed up and, uh, in the form of Dave Lobosco and we weren't sure what he was going to say about all the stuff we've been doing, but I think it turned out all right. That's great. Absolutely. <laughs> in addition, well, uh, we, Dave, sorry to interrupt. You had no, I, was gonna, I was just going to say,
1: uh, you know, the, the, the market was a great sort of starting point, but we've done, um, at least two more of those since then. Uh, Every two years, I mean, the the industry hasn't stayed stagnant, and it's continued to evolve. Uh, We did another one in 2016, I think, of more of a global competitive analysis view of what was happening in commercial space technology. And more recently, which I think one of our future podcasts is going to touch on, is kind of where space is today. What are the new markets developing around that of sort of these space auxiliary services or in-space support technologies, in addition to the the constellations that are doing the Earth imaging? It's more of that uh, space-focused economy that's coming
0: next. That's right. And let, let me yeah. be a uh, second to plug uh, shamelessly <laughs> that uh, if you're enjoying the conversation today, we encourage you to check out the, uh, the rest of this trilogy uh, of, of <laughs> the history of uh, history and the current and the, and the future associated um, activities that I think you tell related to space. Uh, it's worth mentioning um, our remote sensing lab uh, Tom I believe shortly after uh, you and, the, and and the colleagues you mentioned started looking into this uh, into this uh, arena we also at InQtel started a research lab uh, around remote sensing technologies and how best to sort of leverage some of the commercial capabilities there uh, could either of you comment on on cosmic works and sort of how that how that
2: how that went and where how it's going currently yeah so cosmic works um you know what effectively happened was that that core group I just mentioned sort of split in two and, and some of us stayed with the deal side and some of us went to Cosmic, Cosmic Works. Um, and Cosmic was really set up to um, to illustrate the art of the possible and what's happening in commercial space to our customers. You know, here's what's happening. Here's how you might use this data productively in different ways um, and really kind of show the way. And that's, that's what that group did. It was not a big group. Um, uh, and I, I think they were highly successful in, in you know, engaging with a variety of different parts of our customer base, and uh, and demonstrating kind of what was happening and, and how it might be relevant to their their uh, capabilities.
0: Uh, David Tom, I want to be cognizant of our time. We're almost approaching uh, the end of our our uh, our recording session here. Are there are there any are there any other matters or highlights that you'd like to discuss when it comes to the the involvement of IncuTel uh, in, in the space domain historically?
1: I guess one parting thought I'd have is that it you know it was a really exciting time you know in that 2014, 15, 16, doing that first set of investments in um, these small stack constellations, low cost launch, the analytics tools. Um, we started at a, a brief pause, slow down, not really a pause to kind of see how those panned out. And it's been great to see a lot of those coming uh, on, or- on orbit, coming online, providing uh, data to the commercial world, as well as to our, our partners in government and, and starting to provide that impact that we talked about. Um, after that brief pause, we continued to, to look for new things and, and are continuing to invest in space technology and other areas that, that we see as uh, uh, sort of new business opportunities to leverage and new opportunities for our our partners to take advantage of for their national security mission.
2: Yeah, I, I'd say just to add to that, I mean, um, you, you look back in the early days of what we did, um, you know, we, we were kind of guessing at the a thesis and it turned out to be, I uh, think we made a lot of good guesses. Um, and so, the, you know, we're pretty proud of the work we've done but at this point. Uh, it continues. I mean, we, we see a lot of activity in the sector. As we talked about, the government customers are starting to really whack on the commercial space in a way that they wouldn't have a few years ago. Um, and so, it's, it's really, uh, we're building on what we did in those years, but um, we are you know, still really active. We see a lot of stuff going on. The government's engaged more than they have been. The investment sector is, uh, you know, as we talked about, really. Really engaged. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see what happens in the next
0: few years. That's real promising. Tom and Dave, I want to thank you both for being the mavericks uh, when it comes to InQTEL and space. You and your colleagues, a special thanks for getting us into uh, a domain that I think has proven to be very fruitful, both strategically as well as financially, and uh, will likely continue to be so into the future. Uh, for our listeners, in case you'd like to learn more about uh, InQTEL's involvement in the space domain, our investments, Uh, and any of the capabilities that we've sort of discussed during the course of this discussion, uh, please visit our blog at iqt.org front slash blog. And you can also uh, tune in next week where we will continue our three-part series and explore more recent IQT efforts in space, technology, and beyond. Again, Tom, Dave, thank you for your time. Really great talking to you and appreciate you being here.